Welcome into Lonely Town, a killer's podcast with Jimmy and Derek. Jimmy, we've hit a milestone. We've accomplished something here, I feel like, today. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. It's I'm surprised we... It took so long to get to this point, but it's here. This is going to be the last episode. Well, not the last. The last song on S- Pressure Machine. Some people just gasped in excitement, and some people just gasped in horror when you said it was going to be our last episode there. Sorry to, sorry to make some of your days or <laughs> some of your others, but uh, it's going to be the last song on the, on the album. It's interesting because uh, when we started this, I wasn't sure... If we were to go song by song, if we do multiple songs at a time, how long it would actually take. And uh, it's been a fun journey. We've met a lot of cool people along the way. We're still meeting and talking with a lot of, a lot of great people. So uh, hopefully uh, you, the listeners, enjoyed it as much as, as we have. I know me and Jimmy have been having a good time doing it. Yeah, I think by now we thought we'd have a deluxe edition. We thought maybe some more concert announcements. or you know, Instead, we got a new album being announced uh, this week when we're recording. We, they announced the new Killers album. Uh, that they're working on. We also have a lot of fun things planned coming forward, some interviews and ideas that we're looking forward to, so we hope you enjoy it. Yeah, we can't spill too many of the beans, but we do have a new a new album. There's I made Derek sign a non-disclosure agreement, <laughs> so you can't talk about it until after it comes out. Like everyone else that we've been trying to talk to for six months. Uh, there's Sorry, I don't know if I should say that or not, or leave that in. But also, um, there's a deluxe edition coming out, so we can revisit a few things. And uh, yeah. We're also hoping for a documentary that's been posted about by people who were involved. We've heard tell. So, uh, about Nephi and some of the things, places we've heard that they've filmed, we're, we really want to see it and, and talk to you guys about it. We've heard a few other stories about some things that might have happened or be happening, so I think there's still a lot of content. I think there's still a lot of meat on the bone, and uh, I think we're going to just keep rolling forward. And who knows, maybe we'll go back through and go through all the songs again from a new set of eyes someday. You never know, Jimmy. But let's get into, uh, let's get into this, this last track, uh, The Getting By. All right, so this one, um, I'll read the Apple Music preview, what Brandon said about it. He says, even though there's a struggle, even though there's struggle, and even though there's strife and toiling, there's still hope. That's what makes these people who they are. They get up and go to work every day. I have a lot of respect for them, and I don't feel that far removed from them. And I thought about people like my uncles and my dad and my nephews and my cousins and really wanted to capture what I saw in their lives. So there's another, um, with the Apple Music uh, previews, with the the written statements from Brandon, there was also a short trailer of sorts where there's Brandon standing in front of the house he grew up in in Nephi, uh, talking about, mostly about this song. And it ends with a clip from this song. He talks about how, essentially, it's a perspective of, of his dad and him watching his dad grow up he said his mom would talk about his dad uh, getting up and not hearing him get up to go to work at Smith's and Payson and uh, called him a little mouse because he was so quiet. So that you know plays right into the first few lines of the song. There's also an, uh, an interstitial intro to this song and an outro that, um, that we're going to talk about. Yeah, with the interstitial, the first thing that just cracked me up and, and caught my attention, I remember the first time listening to it, is the accent. And we've had people talk about and ask us about it. That's probably one of the more common things that we've been asked about, especially from people from from Nephi, is what do people think about that the accent? And you know, I I don't think we've got really negative feedback. It's just kind of what it is. It's kind of interesting. I think uh, again, going back to the Wadi interview, it's not necessarily a Southern accent. It's not necessarily um, a Midwest. It's just kind of its own thing and. Uh, it, it is like a smaller Utah town. If you get to the bigger cities, there's there's some of it. There's a dialect, I guess you could say. 
Uh, but the smaller, more rural places you get in, in the state of Utah, uh, it's not uncommon to hear people that talk this way. I, I don't know any way else to say it. I mean, it's just a simple thing of uh, she lives in a small town. She loves it here. Kids can go ride their bikes, you know, uh, go out shed horn hunting, which we had questions about that before. It, why it's, it's great. They can go out west. It's just the mountains or the backyard. Ride your motorcycles anywhere. Yeah, it just paints a, a beautiful uh, picture of the town. And it, it's not, um, I don't think it's a biased picture. I don't think it's an untrue picture. I think this is uh, 100%. Well, maybe 100 percent is a little high, but that's a good reason why a lot of people choose to live in smaller towns. And I think if you went and talked to people in Nephi, uh, you'd get a lot of the same kind of thing of, I like it here, it's quiet, my kids can go do their thing, they can go out and be in nature, uh, they can, you know, go up mountains in the backyard or whatever, and you kind of have that feeling of it's safe, uh, protected, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I think that's a lot, uh, a lot of the reasons why a lot of people like to live there. In that video that I mentioned, Brandon talks about the writing process for a musician. Um, you know, the advice most people give is to write what you know about. Essentially explaining why he chose to write this album that's primarily about Nephi is because it's something he knows about. It's, it's a place he grew up, a place he lived, a place he still has family. A lot of his memories from growing up are from that time, and uh, I think that's why we like it so much is because we have a lot of the same types of memories from growing up at the same time. And I guess other people must kind of relate to it or have it too. Uh, going back to the Joey episode, it feels like this, this album is just wrote for, for us because we grew up at the same time, had the same memories. And that's one thing I'm, I'm interested in talking to others about when it comes up is how does this relate to them or how, you know, does it relate to somebody in a whole different continent, uh, different countries and stuff. But it seems to be, you know, you can either pick out a working class part or uh, whatever. Like, we've talked to a lot of people and they've been able to relate to it. But for me, it is kind of just that special, like, uh, when it first was announced and came out, we were kind of nervous about what's this going to be. First time we heard it, we kind of thought, what have we got ourselves into here? And now it's just like, no, this is like my little secret, like, this album was made for me. That's how I feel. So, like we say, when it, when it opens up, it is. It's his dad. He's getting ready to go to work. Like, a lot of people in Nephi, uh, it's more of a bedroom community. There's not a ton of jobs there. There's a lot more people living there now than than back, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Um, but one thing that's been constant is Nephi is right by the freeway. It's right by I-15. And so a lot of people uh, could either afford to live there because it was a little cheaper than some of the bigger cities, or they chose to live there or, or whatever, but they'd have to find jobs um, elsewhere. And there's people that would drive as far away as I know people that would drive to Salt Lake every day, which is, you know, probably about an hour and a half. Uh, a lot of people drive to Provo, which is about 40 minutes. Uh, Jimmy will tell you exactly how many miles it is to Spanish Fork. It's about 35 miles north. Brandon's dad would get up and he'd drive to Payson, which, you know, is about 20 minutes, 15 minutes, depending on how you're doing. Uh, wake up every morning. The produce uh, section of a, of a grocery store, it's an early morning job. You have to get up, go there, get everything ready before the store opens, get the new produce off the truck, and, you know, put it all up for, for sale. So... Uh, this is a very, although we can relate to it, and I think it was Clint was saying this song, this is us now. You know, we grew up watching this, and now we're the guys getting up early. We're the ones going and doing the time. We're the ones that are, got the jobs and, and working and trying to provide for families. I think this is very much like Jimmy was saying and like Brandon was telling us. This is him growing up and, and watching his dad go to work every day to provide for a family. And I think that's a very personal thing. Uh, I think this is a very uh, uh, glimpse inside of his life and his world. And probably something that he holds pretty sacred and, and uh, something that's pretty, you know, special to him. 
So I just think that's a that's a pretty cool story where he said his mom would call him a mouse. It is. You, you wake up early. You try not to wake up everyone. And you're going out to provide in this this cruel, hard pressure machine of a world that we live in. At the end of that first verse, uh, I thought it was very timely. We're, with all the supply chain issues we're seeing in the world today, he talks about. Lately, my patience is in short supply. Nothing good seems to ever come from all this work, no matter how I try. There's issues from the pandemic that are are lingering, and I mean, the pandemic still exists. And you know, I think that's one of the reasons that a lot of the themes relate to people around the world is just their their universal themes, even though you're not from Ephraim. I also think this has a, a religious implication. I'm the one that always takes us down this road, I guess. Oh, but, I'm getting there in the next. Uh, all right, all right. But it is, uh, it can be related to, you know, he's, he's trying to, and it goes on to talk about their, their world, their life and stuff, but there's nothing good ever seems to happen no matter how, how hard he tries. So uh, not only going to work and, and putting in those hours, and like we talked about the last episode, the endure to the end, just, just fight, just work. Um, so in his personal job, personal life, personal work, he's waking up, you know, before everyone. He's just trying to do his thing. And no matter how hard he tries, nothing ever seems to come from it. And I think it has that uh, double uh, meaning of, you know, also this religion, work, pressure machine. He's, he's going and trying to do this. And it doesn't seem like all the blessings or all the things that are being promised are actually happening, no matter how hard he tries. So in the next verse, he says, um, you know, definitely gets religious. You know, I believe in the sun, I ain't no backslider. But my people were told they'd prosper in this land. So this has heavy influences for Nephi. My people, whoever the protagonist is in this song, his dad or you know whatever the character is of um, who gets up every day to go to work, his people, the people of Nephi, says they were told they'd prosper in this land. So that is a definite Book of Mormon reference, and uh, where there are many times throughout the Book of Mormon where it talks about if you keep the commandments, you will prosper in the land. And you know if it gets into the song, I believe in the sun. I'm not a backslider. I'm keeping the commandments. I should be prospering. And I think the big question is, what does it mean to prosper in the land from a religious sense? And I think what we get to into in this song is a feeling like it should be more related to material success. This person who works so hard and can't seem to get ahead. And he's surrounded with people who, some of the people have never even left Utah, maybe, or maybe, you know, never seen the ocean, never set foot on, on sand. Because they're, they're waiting for a treasure that's going to come that he can't see. He looks up in the sky, he doesn't see it. Well, it goes back to Cody, right? He's waiting for that come down the mountain, this miracle to right, come. exactly. That break it down, the sun is, is Jesus. That's who he's referring to in the religious contents of things. Yeah, the verse starts, I, I believe in the sun. It ends looking up at the sky, you know, that dual meaning of the word sun. It's either... A child, you know, it's like the child of the Son of God or a son in the sky. And, and the backslider's just like, he's not just... He's not a Jack Mormon. He's not just showing up and, and pretending to be... Like, he's he's involved, he's, he's doing his thing. Like, he's, he's there, he's participating, he's doing what's asked of him. He's not just sitting back and, and letting it roll by. Uh, the, the people that were told they'd prosper in the land, too, with Nephi, and we talked about going back to this original founding and, and things of of that like it was it was founded by mormon pioneers so a lot of the people that founded the city and the town which would be you know as people were told they prosper in this land uh, a lot of them came from uh, back east early pioneers of the church and they trekked out west there's i mean if you want to get into it you can do mormon history and you can research for the rest of your life about stories and things about uh, pioneers that came and and uh 
eventually settled in Utah. Uh, when they came to Utah, Brigham Young was in charge of them, and he'd send people out to colonize and start cities. Nephi was one of those cities. And so uh, one of the things that could be, you know, thought of here is, you know, Brigham Young, a pioneer stock, I'm, you know, going all the way back, church, all that stuff that we've talked about in previous episodes, sent us here, sent my family here. He told us if we'd come, develop the city, build up this town, build up the state, that we'd prosper. And so uh, those are his people here, and now he's, he's here. He's not a backslider. He's still part of the faith. They are told they'd prosper in the land. And uh, he doesn't take vacations. He's not off seeing the ocean. He's, he's, he's committed. Uh, but now when he's looking up, there's just sky. Is, is heaven even there? Probably having a faith crisis or questioning some things. But it made me think about growing up and certain people that I've known. And there's a percentage of people, and whether it's they can afford to, didn't want to, or just chose to think Nephi and Joab County is the greatest thing ever, have you ever known people, Jimmy, because I have, that haven't went and seen the ocean, that haven't traveled around, that, that don't do this kind of thing? Yeah, I heard a friend just the other day. We had gone to Texas on our Christmas vacation and went to the, to the beach there. And a friend told me, hey, I've never even been to the ocean. I thought, first thought came to mind was this song. Yeah, I mean, in, in today's day and age, it's, it's pretty easy to uh, you can hop on a plane and be in L.A. in a couple hours or... Uh, especially here, you can drive to Disneyland in 10 hours or whatever it is. So, uh, But there are people, and I don't know if it's an older generation or I don't know what it is, but I know people in town or in Nephi or maybe it's your got family and you're up uh, with other things. But um, I remember a friend that we had in high school for our senior, senior spring break, whatever it was, we drove to Las Vegas and St. George and stuff and, and had a little trip. And, I mean, he's about 18 years old, and he'd never left the state before. I don't think it's that uncommon, and it's not like uh, Utah's a, a big state or hard to get out of. It's not Texas <laughs> or, or Alaska, you know. It's it, and, and so I think in the song, uh, I mean, Brandon's not exaggerating on the fact that he knows people that have never been to the ocean, and I think to the world or to people that have grown up elsewhere, that might be kind of a, a surprise. Like, this isn't, you know, a, met, a metaphor. Or he's not just telling this story to make it come together, like... There are people that he knows that have never been to the ocean. I do have some doubts about the line, never set foot on a velvet bed of sand, because in Juab County, we have the Little Sahara Sand Dunes. That's probably the biggest There's on. plenty of sand. True. It's it's just a different sand. It's a popular place. It's there's just also, not the ocean. There's also Yuba Reservoir, where there's that's probably ocean sand, enough. Yeah. There's ocean and water. Burson's ponds. <laughs> also going back to, uh, he looks up at the sky where there might be many mansions. That's another reference of religious context of, you know, when you die, uh, your reward in heaven is you have mansions up in heaven kind of thing. I got a scripture to quote on that. From go, here. go for it, Jimmy. I quote the scripture because I think it shows how the song at the beginning and the end really bookend. The West Hills is the start of the album and the getting by is last. And there's a scripture that I think ties the two together. So Matthew, or sorry, John 14, 2 through 3, in the New Testament, it says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. You know, West Hills, he talks about, he'll prepare a place for me where happiness instills. This one talks about many mansions, and I think it just ties them together, that religious theme that flows through the album of, you know, this 
this desire or outlook or uh, or hope that there's something better than this life, something that you know whatever people are trying to get away from is um, there's there's something better out there. And for a lot of people, it might be just an escape from their life. And for a lot of other people, it's their you know the religion and the the perspective that there's a life after this where we'll have we'll have more happiness than we do here. Yeah, and I think it's motivated for this guy that he's you know he's he believes in the sun. He's not a backslider. He's working. And he's hoping that that promise that he's obviously heard in church and probably read himself that there's many mansions is, is true. But at this place, he's he's looking up. I don't know if it's the guy in the story looking up or if it's the guy telling the story looking up. But, uh, you know, there's many mansions. But when I look up, all I see is sky. And it goes back to even, you know, looking up at the stars and, and all that, contemplating life and some other songs and stuff. So yeah, uh, That's where the, where the rubber hits the road for a person of faith is faith is things you can't see. You believe in something that you can't see. And so... You know, you might come to a point where you have a faith crisis of sorts where you start wondering, can I see it, not see it because it's not there or because it's just not, not time for that or whatever. Yeah, then as we, as we go on, it's like uh, it gets to kind of more of this day-by-day routine. There's, there's a phrase, I won't use it exactly because we are a family-friendly show, but you go to work and you talk to people like, how's it going? It's, it's same stuff, different day, basically. <laughs> you know, like I think this is the same thing where it's just like, I'm here, uh, it's the same just seems like it's just another day of work. I woke up, I snuck out of the house, tried not to wake anyone, put in my time, but it's just kind of repetitious. And anyway, that's that's kind of how I got that next, you know, it's just, it'd swallow you up if it could. It's just so monotonous and it's just every day's the same. From the lyrics, you can tell this is a father talking to his son because he says, they swallow up your step boy, put another day in son. Uh, where it references boy, I, I think back to, you know, we know they've told that said that there's a, a song called Boy that was originally intended for this album, and I wonder how uh, that ties into this. If it's the boy's perspective about, we'll, we'll find out. I hope we can do an episode on that at some point when it either comes out on the deluxe version or probably more likely on the next next album that they're working on. We've heard many rumors about that song, but yeah, we'll see whether or not we, we hear it anytime soon. It comes back to the that stuff that gets you up in the morning, it comes back to this endure to the end, just keep going, keep fighting. I think it comes back to the, his people, uh, the church, the pressure machine. I think it comes back to the idea of you just keep going, you keep working, you keep trying to figure life out. Uh, so even though it's like it's going to spit you out, it's going to kill your soul, it's going to crush you. Uh, but the undertone there through a lot of these songs is, but you keep fighting, you keep trying, you keep doing it. It's a, it's a daily battle. Yeah, and it talks, we've had a lot of questions about the green ribbon front doors and dishwater days because a lot of times a ribbon, a colored ribbon is associated with a certain cause, you know, someone you're trying to remember. And for me, as I thought more about it, I think he's just talking about some of the day-to-day things or, you know, domestic household things that you have to do, like wash the dishes or, you know, just decorate the house. A green ribbon on the door is just referring to, to putting decorations around your house in yeah, I think uh, the dishwater days or whatever is just kind of like lazy afternoons or lazy like days that just chores and, and things. It's just, you know, kind of, again, getting monotonous. Um, this next line, next to uh, the eggs and bacon grease, has been one that's been brought up and uh, I've heard a lot of people kind of relate to. Uh, a lot of people around other smaller towns in the state, have, I've had people tell me this is so much like name the town, you know, this is exactly how it is living in, and it's just other small towns, but it says this Why do I get so much pride knowing it's this, it's, this town is Nephi, Derek? It is Nephi, I don't know if this is something to be proud of or not 
I just like the fact that there's a song about Nephi, you know? Yeah, well, the song, we wanted it one for so long and tried to make it happen that we had a whole album. This, this whole town is tied to the torso of God's mysterious ways. I mean, we can dive a million different ways here. I'm a guy that likes church and state separated. I know some people don't. I think some people love intermingling or I feel this way, so everything should be ran this way. I'm somebody that likes, you know, black and white. I don't want so much gray. Like, I don't want things mingling. I'm weird that way, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but I think sometimes it feels to a lot of people, especially when we're talking about the uh, outcasts, as Brandon said, that not your, you know, the outcasts of the community and stuff, that if you're not a part of the organization, if you're not a part of the church, if you're not a part of... Not on the sports team. Not on the sports team. If you're not a part of this, you know, it, it's controlled and governed by uh, by God. It's how these people are just, like, looking for God to guide them to this promised land. And it seems like this whole town is just ran this way. And from the outside looking in, especially if you have no context or no affiliation with a religion or whatever, if you're just to move there, some of the laws and things and... I mean, why is the clo the store closed on Sundays? Or why don't they sell alcohol at the grocery store? Or why, you know, do they not sell beer on Sunday? Or whatever. These, there's all these different rules and different things that seem so weird or just different if you don't understand the context of everything. And even if you do understand the context of everything, some of it just is like, oh, okay, I guess we'll just go along with it. I don't know. I might not necessarily agree with it or whatever, but you don't want to go against the upstream you know you just kind of go with the flow because it's easier that way so um, but I did have a lot of people say that's so like these towns that we grew up in so that's relatable if nothing else yeah the torso lyric brought up a funny memory for me of I played high school high school basketball for one year our coach he when he was trying to teach us one day about how to play defense in basketball he said just look at their belly button and so if you know if they're doing a head fake you're not you're not following that. They can't go anywhere without their belly button. They can move their arms around. They can move their head around. They can't go anywhere without their, you know, without their, their torso. And so, thanks. Well, let's just call him Jeffrey. So he taught me that. And so when I hear this um, tied to the torso, God's mysterious ways, I think, you know, this is a person who is right, at, you know, they're right at the trunk. They're right at the, the main the part. They're not, you know, they're not around the fringes. This is, this is someone who's, who's following every every movement of, of what they're told to do or the kingdom of God, it's pressure machine. Yeah, we've, we've learned that God works in mysterious ways. I think we've heard that a million times before from different people, too. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up, too, is, so Brandon talked about it being the outcast of town and society, uh, but within the religion and within uh, the church or, or whatever itself, there's also kind of an outcast group or an outcast. There's people that might not fit in that are trying to not be a backslider. They're trying to do the work. They're trying to... They're trying to fit in, and sometimes it doesn't work for them either, and they might feel like an outcast in that way as well, even though they're, they're doing all the things right. It just doesn't work. Or I'm doing the same thing as everybody else, and they're having all this success or, or, for, or, or more fortunate. It's kind of like social media sometimes. <laughs> uh, you look on it, it looks like everyone's life's perfect because they just share what they want you to see, and you don't see you know, the 90 minutes of them trying to get that perfect post to put up there or whatever. I think uh, sometimes in, in the church and stuff it's that way too. Somebody might give a talk or a lesson or whatever and talk about how their family does whatever commandment or, or whatever they're talking about. And you just think, I can't get my family to come together for dinner or something like that. You know, yeah. it can make you feel like uh, less than or like you're not doing things right or whatever. And reality, you know, the person giving that talk, who knows whether that's true, struggles with different things, whatever. Uh, but I do think there's some aspect of like, 
okay, whether or not we want things to go this way, we know this is how God wants us to go, whether or not that's true or not, or whatever that's perceived. Uh, in that line there, the, the town council, the mayor, or whoever is just like, well, we know we know what the Lord wants, and we're going to move that way. And there's somebody sitting there saying, but, you know, wait a minute, this, isn't, this is weird. This whole town is just doing this. It, it's, it's weird. Or yeah, peculiar, unique, I think. Yeah. yeah, peculiar is, I think, the word that the church likes to be called. <laughs> Not weird. Any, you got any, uh, any other thoughts about that in serious ways, or have I just buried myself enough for everybody, for both of us? <laughs> no, I think you're good. Yeah, the only other thing I had in the in the song is the second to last line that you know, talks about the stuff it takes to get up in the morning, keeps you standing where you should. And I think that's the whole crux of the pressure machine, the, the idea of the pressure of where it comes from is this idea of doing what you feel you should, whether that comes from, you know, your parents or your school or religion or whatever. People have influences that help them decide, you know, you learn the norms of society as you grow up, you learn what you should or shouldn't do, and that's different for different people. Um, I think that's where the pressure comes in, is feeling like either you're, you need to do better at doing what you should, whatever that is. It all relates to the image you're trying to keep up. or um, yeah, I think it's a, yeah, it's a strong, just keep doing what you should. Like, staying tied to the torso. Yeah, whether whether you're whether you're religious, whether you're whatever you're doing in your mind or in your up, upbringing, uh, especially from this small town, you've had certain uh, standards or uh, ethics or morals put on you or that you've learned or developed. or uh, In your mind, you know what's right and wrong for you whether or not that's related to, like Jimmy said, the church or wherever else you got it from, from the dad. Um, just make sure that you're standing there and doing that. Uh, and then you'll get by until the getting's good. Yeah, and even though there's times in the song where, you know, you feel like this, he's having a faith crisis or maybe doesn't believe that anything's ever going to, is anything ever good going to come, it ends with him saying, put in another day in sun and hold on until the getting, getting's good. I so, think a lot of people can relate to that. We, we have to get up, we have to go to work. Some days are really hard. And it's a struggle, and other days it's not so much. So even if you don't have the religious back track to it or anything like that, uh, you get up to whether it's providing for your family or yourself, whatever that reason is, you have a reason why you get up. You do that fight, and at the end of the day, you know, hopefully there's a sense of accomplishment, but you know you have to go right back to it the next day, and it's it's just that that cycle, it's that machine. is going to keep coming for you, so I think that's hopefully relatable to people. Yeah, I think... Um, you know, tying it back to even des- uh, terrible thing, uh, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of um, LGBT people who who try to tell young people that it gets better, you know, don't don't give up, it's hard right now, uh, you know, society might not understand or treat you well, but stay in there, you know, and, and that's a similar idea for, for everyone that, um, keep trying, <laughs> it'll get better. Keep trying, son, it gets better. Uh, yeah, then then just, I mean, the same as the train came in, start off the album. Uh, the train's been going all through the album. We have the train whistle going out, and uh, kind of the, the outro where the guy you know, comes by twice a day. Yeah, and this is one when I heard it, I wish that the train sound was part of the, the abridged version, that it wasn't just an interstitial, you know, at least the train horn blowing, just because I feel like... Uh, beyond the interstitials, it's just the train is just such a big part of the songs, uh, and in the album that I wish I wish it was still on the abridged version. Just the I just yeah. myself. If, if you haven't heard it, I know some people might close or stop the album or or whatever Spotify turn off, push play, pause when you're done. But listen to the end of that that album and 
and just, I mean, the train comes, it, it bookends, like Jimmy was saying earlier with the, the, the songs, it, the album, it's just, it's, the trades came, it's caused this havoc, and it's on its way out, and we're going to do it all again tomorrow. It comes by twice a day. It's been an interesting album. I, I don't know, maybe we'll get more into some thoughts and feelings and some different aspects of that later in, in future episodes, but overall, I, I guess I'm happy with, with the album and how it portrayed the town. I know when we started off, it was one of those things that we were kind of nervous about, but I think the, the second half or the back half gets a little heavier, gets a little more uh, thought-provoking and emotional, and, and this song for me is, yeah, you can relate to yourself, uh, I can relate to father, grandfathers, different people, grandmothers going off to work, and the, yeah, the, the thing that brings them joy or why we keep doing it, it's just something you can kind of ponder and think about. So. And I think the album has just, um, it's just grown on me over time. It's not, it doesn't portray Nephi as a perfect little place. It, it exposes some of its flaws, but at the end of the day, I think we've got a quiet town to hold on to that says, good people who still don't dead the doors and that, you know. Just that Nephi's a great place to live. I'm glad that I grew up there. I'm proud of the fact that I grew up there. It's got its flaws, but it's a great place. Yeah, I think there could be people interpreting some things I've said or done with I don't like Nephi or I'm not happy with different things. I love Nephi. I'm happy to tell people I'm from Nephi. Uh, when I go different places or when I move around, um, when I went on a church mission, a lot of people would just say, where are you from? And they'd say, the nearest big town, like, oh, I'm kind of from Provo or whatever. I was from Nephi. I'm still from Nephi. I've lived where I live now for, for years, for decades. I still feel like I'm from Nephi. So uh, I do have a sense of pride, I think, that comes from that small town, that small area. Kind of like Joey was saying, where the, the Wakanda of Utah, which made me feel good. I just have to play both sides and say, you know, you think this or you think that, but... Uh, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm proud to be from there, kind of like Jimmy was saying, and, and I think it has given me kind of a uh, work ethic or a sensibility of uh, this is why you do what you do. You have a community that um, you want to make proud. So I hope we've done that with this podcast and going forward. I still hope that we, we make people from Jueb and from Nephi proud. If you happen to be going through there, I know we've given a lot of references of places to go and things to do. If you went there because of the podcast and you go and tour, see things or whatever, if you go eat somewhere or whatever, let people know that you came here because you listened to this Killers podcast and, you know, let them know that we sent you. I mean, they might know who we are by name or you can just say Jimmy and Derek said it's a good place to go. I just think that's good for the community to know that uh, there's a positive effect from this album and from the Killers and from Brandon, uh, whether... Uh, Taco Time probably hears it all the time, but some of the <laughs> some of the other places around town just say, "Hey, we came to check out the town, or wanted to see the rubber plant, or whatever." Stop to eat here because of the album. Because I, I don't know that there's actually been a. Uh, I don't know if the town's made up of their mind on whether this is good or bad. So let's give them some positivity. Anything else? That's all I got, Jimmy. All right. Thanks for joining us. That's another episode down from Lonely Town. <laughs>